Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, welcome to Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor. I am your host, Victor Dadaj. I hope you're having an amazing day so far. Today, we have an awesome guest. He is a client quality consultant who helps business owners land better clients and level up their business to be more attractive to high quality people. And also this will allow them to find more joy in the business and ethically charge more. So let's welcome Drake Nightenhelser. How are you doing today, Drake? Wonderful. Thank you for having me, Victor. It's great to have you on. So Drake, I'd like to get started by asking you to please share your story. How did you wind up becoming an entrepreneur? Well, um, it was it was kind of always in my blood. Um, I remember at about nine years old, uh, I was talking to my sister one day and she said, well, what do you, what do you think we're going to be when we grow up? And I said, I don't know, but I, I think it's going to be something to do with business. She said, I think you're right. And at, I think 15 or 16, I started my first business selling knives. I got all the paperwork and everything I needed and went to, you know, gun and knife shows and, you know, rented a booth and set up shop and started selling knives um but headed into my you know adulthood i didn't quite have the discipline to pull off entrepreneurship uh consistently at an early age so um i went into the job market and started working mostly with small businesses corporate world just was never uh for me far too rigid too much monotony in the work um, I really wanted to be with small business owners where there's that feeling of family, a lot of variety in what you can do, a lot of just things that need, you know, somebody to pick them up and put them on their to-do list. And uh, so I just really gravitated towards that. And after spending, you know, 10 or 15 years with small businesses and, you know, succeeding in, in sales, I got to a point where I realized that I wanted to help businesses um, thrive, go from just getting by to thriving. And that was, uh, you know, what made me set out on my own. All right, so that makes sense. So you always had it with you, you know, in your blood since you were a kid. You know, you told your sister you think you need to do something related to business when you were nine years old. 15 started selling knives and guns and knife shows. But after a while, you realized you didn't have the full discipline to become an entrepreneur. So later on, you went to work, you know, to work for small businesses. You did not want to do the corporate world for, you know, and uh, you were not, you kind of turned off. And you did this for about 10 to 15 years working with small business. Then you decided to really, you know, focus on helping businesses thrive. And how long have you been doing that, uh, you know, helping small businesses thrive now? Well, um, the work that I do now is based off of work that I did from 2016 to 2019 with a vehicle wrap shop in Arizona. And um, so when I, I'm, I'm just launching the Profit Collective as we speak um, and bringing in the first clients to start going through this process, but it's all based on the work that I did during that time where we did amazing things like uh, just really shed all of our difficult clients. We got rid of all of our low profit work. Uh, you know, we 
increased client retention by two over 200 percent uh you know the team got happier we were able to buy better equipment pay pay everyone more go from you know a snoozing mom and pop shop to expanding into multiple states so um all of that was a process that was born from me just kind of sitting in the sales department and watching what was happening in the business based on what we sold and saying, well, why are we selling that? Well, why are we working with people like this? And just be taking on sales as a responsibility uh, in terms of what our team got exposed to and, you know, which ultimately determined how their, how their job went and whether or not they liked work taking that on as a responsibility and becoming more particular about, uh, you know, what direction we were going. Yeah. So a couple of things you mentioned, number one, you, you guys get rid of difficult clients and low profit clients. Now, and that's something a lot of people don't do or don't understand. It's uh, they, uh, especially in the beginning, they're very desperate to get any kind of clients, but really difficult clients can really make things difficult for your business. And I think you have to do a, evaluation thing is it worth having these clients that they're such a pain in the neck and if people you only you're making only a small profit but you're doing a lot of work is it worth mm-hmm. it so um what do you what are some of the reasons you think people don't get rid of these difficult low profit clients and you know and, and and talk a little bit more about why they should get rid of them because i think a lot of people don't realize that and it's costing them a lot of money oh absolutely i love that you bring this up um, I think the reason that we don't is because, you know, in those early days, like you said, you know, you get used to taking whatever comes your way because money's money and work is work. And, you know, you, you, you're not in a place to be picky, but one day you wake up and realize that you never got picky. Uh, you, a lot of business owners operate with this mentality of, well, you know, when I can afford it, then I'll be picky. But the thing is, you get to a place where you, you make more money by being particular. Um, and that's the number one reason why they should be more particular. It stops you from getting really good at what you're doing and getting into a place where you're providing uh, really outstanding results so that you can charge more because you're doing too many things to get, get really good at any one thing. But the other thing that it does, and this is detrimental, when, you, when you're not particular about who you, who you work with and you're working with difficult clients and you're not making great money because you're, you're too diversified, it really kills your confidence. It takes you from a place where you could be focusing on your strengths and really seeing just how valuable what you, what you do is. It takes you from that place and puts you in another place where it diminishes that value and makes you feel like um, you're not worth what you what you want or uh, makes you feel like you know you're not you're not as good as everyone else or maybe it's not for you whatever it is this false narrative starts to play on our mind it's just not true. Uh, that's some very very good points you made. You and you say a lot of people they say to themselves, you know what? In the beginning, I can't be picky. I'll get picky when I make more money. But you say they got to do the reverse. They they have to become picky first, 
and the more picky that they are, they actually will make more money in the end. So they're doing it uh, backwards. And I think that's a very good point. And yeah, and and you and you also mentioned it doesn't let you become better. And when you're not particularly, it can kill your confidence. It diminishes diminishes the value that you provide and how you feel about yourself. Because and I can tell you, when you're in these uh, dealing with these difficult people, it's it can it can really drain. It's like being in in a bad relationship. You've been in a bad relationship oh, yeah. two three years. Your confidence can really go down. And then, then again, it's a healthy relationship. It's incredible how, how much your confidence returns. So it it works in a similar way. So I agree. Mm-hmm. Get, get rid of the difficult clients. Get the ones that are pleasant to deal with. And, and you know what's very interesting? You tell me this has uh, been the case to you. A lot of times the people that are difficult clients are usually also people who aren't paying you as much. Usually a lot of times the people <laughs> they're paying more, they tend to be easier to work with. Has that been your experience? A hundred percent. You know, that's one one of the things that I try to teach people about sales uh, when they think they should sell to everyone. It's we need to identify what makes an easy to work with, easy to deliver client for you. Uh, that means you're going to be able to deliver them better results. And it also means that you're not going to have put nearly as much work into delivering those results, which is just going to be better for everyone. But once we identify what that is, you really start quickly start to recognize what the patterns of the clients that are difficult to work with that suck up all your energy, uh, what those clients look like. But we, it's, it's kind of a compare and contrast thing, right? You don't get the contrast until you define what one side of it is. Yeah, that should, after a while you start to figure it all out, you figure out who are the good ones and who are the ones that are a pain in the neck. So yeah, definitely, definitely some good stuff here. So, um, all right. So, you know, per, per, you know, someone's getting started out in business. They're trying to get clients. You know, what are some of the things they can do? They can get the great clients and and try to avoid the difficult clients or the low profit clients. What are some of the steps they can take when they first get started? Uh, step number one: approach business with financial stability. Uh. The number one thing that starts us on the hamster wheel of working with clients that, you know, we don't want to doing work that we may not want to or selling it for less than we want to is feeling like we need to because we're feeling the financial pressure. Uh, So going into business from a financially stable place, and I'm not saying that you need to like have tons of stack cash stacked. You shouldn't be worried about how you're going to pay the light bills next week. You know, there's this famous quote from Arnold Schwarzenegger where he says the reasons he was able to be particular about what roles he took, that, you know, the the reason he was able to do that was because he had a bricklaying business and a real estate business. So before he ever got famous and took his first role in Conan, he had financial stability that allowed him to, to, to decide what he would say yes to and what he would say no to in his career. We just want to be in a position where we're not feeling financially stressed, not worried about how you're going to pay the light bills. But the next thing I would say is to, in deciding what a good client looks like for you, stay away from the traditional avatar exercise. Because the traditional avatar exercise is great for helping us understand, once we know who a good, what a good client looks like for us is, how to speak more clearly to that person. But 
it doesn't actually help us determine what a good client is. To, to determine what a good client is, we want to ask a better question because a better question gives us a better answer. And that question is, if you could only get paid by your clients after they received the desired result and were happy with, with it, what would they have to look like in order for you to be willing to take that bet? And then we want to list out the characteristics, meaning aspects of their situation that would make them easy to work with and easy to deliver to. And then we want to list out their mindsets, aspects of how they think that make them easy to work with and easy to deliver to. Because these are going to tell us, well, hey, this person needs to be in this, this, and this situation for me to be really confident that I can, that I can, you know, come through for them. Well, they, they'd have to think like this, this, and this. They couldn't think like this. And, you know, that's one of the, for me, one of those things is, you know, a stable business, right? For my clients, they need to be stable. Uh, so that's just one example of how, of how that might play into um, a characteristic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's a good way of, you know, looking at the different aspects of, of the client and how they think and, and, and the other stuff. So, um, yeah, and, and, and that was a good point about, you know, stay away from traditional avatar exercise, which is, I think, what most people do. And I never thought of that way, but it does make sense. And, and, and you made a really great point about try to approach it, the, the business with financial stability, because a lot of times if you don't have that stability, you will take a lot of chances. You, you, you get desperate, you will do things, you'll take clients that you normally would not take. And, 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 and a lot of times, you know, you're doing it, you're saying to yourself, I really don't want to, I don't want to. And sometimes they're being difficult. Sometimes, you know, they're making you chase after you got to call them and you got to, it's like, I got to call them two, three times. I return my call in was when you have the financial stability, you're like, well, do you want to call me back? I'll talk to someone else. But right. yeah, but, that, that, but that's what happens. So, and you you gave the example of Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, like, you know, he, he had other successful businesses already. So he had the money so he could be picky about what kind of roles he could take. He didn't take just any role. He just mm -hmm. took the roles that he found that he enjoyed taking that he thought was best for him because he wasn't there. So he, he, cause if he didn't get the role, you know what? He had those two other businesses and he was still making money. So I definitely think, you know, that's definitely a good way to, uh, you know, approach things. Now, the other question I want to ask is, you know, how, how are you, you know, you know, there's a lot of competition out there and, you know, and, and, and you really need to try to stand up for very well. And also people, you know, look at, you know, marketing, advertising, they're only paying attention for a few seconds or so how, how can a company stand out in their market as a company that's trustworthy that people want to go to? This one I think is deceptive for a lot of people. Um, we are sold by so many um, sales and marketing businesses that sales and marketing is how you stand out. And it seems to make sense, right? It seems like logical. So we're like, yeah, okay. But the things that actually make you stand out, um, sales and marketing just helps amplify what is already there. Uh, so if you don't have a good solid foundation of inside the business, outside of sales and marketing, that makes you stand out, there's not a whole lot for sales and marketing to amplify and shout to the world. The things that actually make you stand out are things like being transparent with your market around what you do, what you don't do, who you work with, who you don't work with, 
what results you're good at getting, what results you're not good at getting, and, and things like that. And making, you know, getting really good at providing an excellent experience for clients and delivering, you know, making a commitment to consistently improving on the level of results that you deliver for your clients. And those answers are not sexy. Um, and sometimes, you know, it, it, it just takes discipline and consistency to, to do those, but those are what really make you stand out. And then you can take the results of those activities, provide them to your sales and marketing teams, and then they can amplify those results and let them be known to the world. And that makes sales and marketing. Yeah, so basically you're saying sales and marketing only amplifies what is there already. It's not giving anyone anything really new. So if you don't have that proper foundation, you haven't really set up the business. And you mentioned you got to provide the excellent, you know, experience, you know, excellent customer service, excellent value, excellent results for them, because that is what it, in the end sells uh, people in the long run. Because they see you've gotten great results for other people, um, they say, "Yeah, well, you could probably get really good results for me." But if you really don't have much, many results, good results, then um, it, it's not going to sell to other people. Especially, you know, the more high ticket the product is, so the more because they they want to. If I'm going to give you ten thousand dollars of my money, you know, what kind of results I'm going to get? And and you could say, "Well, these are five of our clients," and you could see we we tripled their sales in the past year. So you know, if you can show them they've got this great experience, and if you work you, you can provide that similar experience. Yes, that's going to work. So yeah, uh, that definitely makes a, a lot of sense. And I, I uh, can always tell when a company is good at what they do because their advertising isn't really verbose and big and grand. It's just, hey, this is what the, 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 the level of results the average client gets from us. If you're this type of person and you would like that too, click the link below. That's how I know they're good at what they do. Right. They just keep it simple. They say, this is what we get from it. If you like it, click it, click on the link below. No, that makes sense. Um, now, you, you know, you talk about giving people good results, good experience. So what are some of the things uh, a business can do to help improve the results? You know, the, you know, the quantity of the results for their client. Yeah. So data collection is everything for this. Um, having systems and processes in place for actually harvesting information that tells you how to improve based on data from your clients. Um, a lot of the times we have this tendency to uh, improve our business uh, the way we want to see it improve based on our perspective, but that doesn't help us land better clients and provide better results and a better experience. So what we want to do is first we want to start out by surveying all of our current clients to figure out how we can improve uh, both the experience and what we can do to deliver them better results. And next, we want to implement onboarding processes, regular client check-ins, and offboarding processes to collect that information too. All right, so a big part of it is obviously having the systems and the processes in place and then look at your current clients, see how you can serve and see how you can improve things and then you can get a lot of data from it, and then you could see that and use that for future clients. Am I understand that correctly? Absolutely. When we look at when we have all the data, we can look at it for patterns and trends, and then we know what changes to make that are actually going to move the needle the most. Mm -hmm. 
So it prevents us from spending a bunch of time making tweaks or improvements to things that don't actually make a difference. Mm -hmm. Now, would you say, would you agree? Because it seems like sometimes too many companies are too focused, and you always want to grow your business, but it seems sometimes too many companies make, I think, a mistake of trying to focus on getting too many client, new clients, but not enough of keeping the current ones. And your best clients are the ones you already have. Number one, if you take care of them, it seems like they can also word them out, get you new clients because they can refer business to you. Do you think com some companies make that mistake a lot? A hundred percent. A lot of companies are really focused on growing revenue and um, they think they're going to do that by acquiring as many new clients as they, as they can. Uh, but you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, returning clients are often some of the most valuable. When I was selling vehicle wraps, uh, one of my, the biggest account I ever landed came to us for three vehicle wraps and it ended up being about a $10,000 job. And two years later, they came back and said, hey, we're ready to do our entire fleet in the next six months. And it ended up being a quarter of a million dollars. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it went from 10000 to a quarter of a million dollars in a couple of years. So, um, Of them just coming back and saying, hi, we'd like more. Yeah. Here's my card. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. Sometimes it starts off, you know, not too big, but, you know, they really enjoy the experience and they bring you more and more business. You just never know that value ladder. And, and, and I know speaking, you know, interviewing a lot of other successful entrepreneurs that they've had many of the same experiences. Someone gave them five, 10,000 and it became 50,000, 100,000 because they really enjoyed experiences that, you know, we have more things we want to give to you. And, you know, a satisfied customer is just so easy to sell to someone you already have. Trying to get a new one, it, it's not, it can be very difficult. Not only are they easier to sell to, they're also easier to deliver to. They already know your systems and your processes and how you work and you already have, you've already done a bunch of the foundational work for them. You already know who they are, what they expect, what their unique needs are. So it just goes a lot smoother. Um, you know, when we were selling wraps, we loved companies with like 20 or 30 vehicles because we knew that they would buy the same vehicles all the time for consistency in their operations, which meant that we didn't have to do any design stuff when they wanted a new vehicle. We just had to hit the print button, right? So mm. repeat business is also more profitable. Yeah. I like the repeat business more profitable. And like you said, you, you got, you're very comfortable with them. They're comfortable with you. You know what to expect. You know, you know how they like to have things done. It's just so much easier. It's, it, it's a lot more comfortable because you guys already know each other very well. Whereas with prospective new clients, you don't know. So it's a, it's a much bigger learning process. So yeah. And like you said, it's much more probable because you know what to deliver. So you can recommend things based on what they've done before. So you've new things, knowing there's a good chance they're going to buy because you know what they like and what they don't like. So definitely some really great points there. Now, as we're getting toward the end of our interview, are there any last uh, minute things you'd like to leave for our audience about, you know, building business, improving your sales, keeping clients happy, getting new clients? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's two big things that I would say. Um, focus on your strengths. Uh, you know, the things that you're good at, the things that are easier for you to sell, uh, the things that are easier for you to deliver on, there's a reason for that. And it's because hidden in there somewhere is a strength that those things are tapping into that you may not have identified. If you can identify what that strength is, you can go a lot further. 
with the vehicle wrap company, our hidden strength was design, right? Our owner was a designer by trade, a graphic designer. So he naturally built a lot of the things in the business around design, right? So that's why we had people calling us from New Jersey. We were in Arizona. We had people calling us up from New Jersey saying, hey, I know this is a long shot, but, you know, I saw your wraps online and you guys are just so good at design. Is there any chance you can do mine? When you lean into your strengths, that's when really amazing things start to happen in your business. The second thing I would say is to remember that there are no right or wrong ways to do things in business. There's only better or worse based on your needs and your situation. A lot of the times we get sold into the ideas that, um, you know, this is the right way to market or this is the right way to sell by people who are selling us these solutions. Um, but it's, it's just not true. There is no right or wrong way to do anything in business. There's only better or worse. I like those last two. Focus on your strengths because good things will eventually happen if you focus on your strengths. And yeah, there is no right way or wrong way to do business. It's only better or worse. So focus on doing it better instead of doing it worse. Definitely a lot of great stuff. Listen, Dre, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. It was a real pleasure having you on. You shared a lot of great tips, a lot of great value. And I know those that are listening to this really appreciate all the great things that you shared. And if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to contact you? Uh, so I actually have uh, a training for them if they would like to go through it. It is um, on my website, profitcollective.vip, which they can also get a hold of me there. Um, but basically, this is a training that walks them through how to identify in their, in their unique business what product they should be focusing on to make the uh, to grow their business with the least amount of hassle and the most ease. What a good, easy to work with, easy to deliver client looks like for their business. And then um, there's also if they want to, if they want to opt into my e my email, there's a tracker sheet that helps them uh, actually track their sales based on client quality and how it matches up with. Uh, how well they're doing at selling that item to that person so that they have data to guide their actions and help them become more clear about how to move in the right direction. All right. And, sounds um, Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks again. Really appreciate it. Drake, have yourself a great day. Thank you. You as well. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.